So you may remember that not too long ago we were talking about the fact that there are pharmacists around the country who are saying there's no backlog or shortage of some of these weight loss slash diabetes medications like Ozempic and Wagovi. No, 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 no. These uh, pharmacy benefit managers, the middlemen, third party, what they're doing is uh, they're repaying pharmacists $10 a dose less than the pharmacists are paying for it. So, for example, you order, you say, hey, my, my doc says I can use Ozempic and, and lose weight. Okay, fine. And the pharmacist said, ah, there's a backlog. No, no, there's not a backlog. Because what these other pharmacists are saying is they pay $100 for that dose, and then they're reimbursed $10. I'm sorry, they're reimbursed $90, which is $10 less. That's just part of this broken system. And I was reading this piece by Elaine Parker, who's uh, one of the co-founders of the Job Creators Network, and she talks about that as well as some other things that are going on that are going to make this system worse if indeed Joe Biden decides to use this as a big part of his re-election campaign. So uh, Elaine's very generous with her time. Responded, said, yes, I'd be love to talk with you and your listeners about this. She's on the phone right now. Elaine, thanks for being on. Hey, thanks for having me, Rick. So you write that, uh, you know, Joe's stumbling in the polls. We know that uh, a majority of Democrats are saying they'd rather have someone else run. And they're trying to figure out, well, what do we do? Bidenomics uh, didn't work as a message because people recognize the fact that they're creating money that we don't have. And that's the main reason why our country has 120 percent of our debt compared to our gross domestic product and it causes inflation. So you're saying that um, the Biden campaign is going to campaign on, what, trying to fix health care? Well, the Biden administration will campaign on doubling down on policies that have really made a broken system more broken. Um, And that's unfortunate because it is the American people who will lose in the end, and they'll lose through... Um, you know, lack of choice and, um, um, you know, the doctor-patient relationship will suffer as well. Um, and the cost of health care doesn't come down, but it simply increases. And it's really easy to explain, you know, like almost explain it so you can visualize what I'm saying. Just imagine a massive bureaucracy and the, uh, a very complex healthcare system that has government controls and massive regulations that require um, essential benefits and everybody has to have the same coverage and the no matter whether you're 20 years old or 60 years old you're you're paying for the same coverage and so the the cost of health care um, it continues to go up for everybody and so when you have a complex system if you can remove the complexity reduce the regulations increase competition, have price transparency, um, and, and increase choices, prices come down. And, and the best example of, of this, Rick, is um, LASIK surgery. If you remember when LASIK first came out, it was kind of, um, you know, you had to be very wealthy to, to do it because um, it wasn't affordable, right, for, for the common middle-class people. But over the 20 years, the procedure has gotten even better, and the cost has come down about 50%. And guess why? It's not a covered 
um, operation, but it's caused uh, the surgeons to compete with each other on price, on quality, on follow-up, all of it. And and people are going um, and getting it done at all. You know, they can afford it now. You know, I remember the battles over Obamacare saying that, hey, you're going to be able to save $2,500 and keep your doctor. And all of that was a lie. It cost people so much more. And that was because we had major medical insurance whose premiums were going up 8% to 11% every year. And people said, oh, my gosh, it's going up 10% again. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to move from my $250 deductible to a $500 deductible. Why, this is outrageous. Let's vote for Obama. He's going to fix it all. So what happened? What happens is you get a uh, an insurance policy, <laughs> bronze, silver, or gold, uh, that's going to cost you instead of, say, you know, $700 a month for the family. Now it's a couple thousand dollars, a $2,500 a month, and you don't have your $250 or $500 deductible. No, it's a $5,000. In fact, the average deductible is over $5,000. So... Obviously, when the government gets involved in this, it actually makes it a lot worse, knowing full well that there probably are a couple million people in this country who are happy to pay that premium because they were not able to get uh, any health insurance or medical insurance coverage uh, at all in some extreme measures. So knowing what you're saying is true, I mean, we're experiencing it. How do you roll this back? How, how How does it get fixed, Elaine? Well, it, it is true that um, under Obamacare, people do have um, insurance cards, insurance coverage, we'll call it, but it doesn't mean that they have access to health care. And for those who are in the exchanges, um, the, the people that can actually afford the premiums in the exchanges are the people who qualify for the subsidies. Um, and what they did during the pandemic um, is they actually increased um, and enhanced those um, Obamacare subsidies to kind of paper over the increase in health care costs um, and premiums. And those expire uh, in that legislation in 2025. They want the, the Democrats in Washington want to make those subsidies permanent because the reality is, is they would expose the lie that somehow Obamacare is controlling health care costs. When in fact it is one of the one of the key drivers, and that's that one size fits all approach to government. And you know, I kind of always equate it back to the post office. And I know this is kind of an old story, but when we want to get a package somewhere and we have to have it there by 8 a.m. tomorrow, do we go to the post office or do we go to FedEx? Good point. Um, who do we trust more? Who do we trust more? Yeah. Um, you know, the post office runs in the red by billions of dollars every year. FedEx can't do that. They have to be profitable to stay in business and be as efficient and innovative as possible and provide good customer service and products to people or service in that case. Um, and so people tend to want to trust the government on their health care decisions when in fact they should be trusting the free market system that continues to, to deliver choice and competition and affordability in every sector that we have free enterprise. Well, I just want you to know that when it comes to the post office, they're fixing some of those problems. For example, uh, they're, they're spending a couple billion dollars on electric vehicles, just so you know. And that's, that's going to 
No, it's going to give them a real excuse for when they can't get your important packages and mail to you uh, because it's cold outside or they couldn't find a charger. So they're, they're, it's the government. They, they know how to fix these problems here. Now, here's... Well, that's another great example of, of where the government distorts the market, and that's the EVs. Yeah. Dealers can't sell the EVs, but if you do buy one, you get a massive subsidy for buying one. Those are taxpayer dollars going at you. That is how the government distorts these markets. Um, and, and when they can't distort the markets, we get better prices. We get more choice. We get more competition. And that's not what's happening under Obamacare. The system before Obamacare was broken, too. Mm-hmm. It needed to be fixed. But what the, what the Obamacare did was it moved us more towards a government-controlled system that is highly regulated instead of allowing individual states, you know, there's these essential benefits in Obamacare that is a one-size top-down approach to health care. And if, if we could roll back some of, instead of the, the, the repeal and replace um, approach, um, if we just look at how to roll back some of the regulations that require that one-size-fits-all and allow states to individually um, create vibrant healthcare systems where you have choice and competition, more insurance companies would come into the states and offer different levels of policies, from Cadillac plans for the people who need it mm-hmm. to just catastrophic plans for the people who don't. And then there's other free market options, which you and I have talked about offline, um, which is the direct primary care market, which is cash pay for healthcare services, which is an incredibly um, vibrant market that's happening, and people are getting great health care because of it. So that's what I would like. For example, um, I do pay $180 a month for my wife and myself to a doctor. The doctor is always available. All I have to do is text her, uh, send her a message through a portal. Hey, come over tomorrow. Tomorrow! Or if it's in the morning, yeah, I can squeeze you in this afternoon. That's wonderful. Love that. I would. What I would like is I would like to combine that with what we used to call the hospital plan. A hospital plan was a basic health insurance plan that if you broke your leg, you wouldn't go bankrupt. You know, it might have a $3,000 deductible. It might be $5,000 deductible, whatever you can do. But you combine that with this, it's almost concierge, but not quite. It's uh, less expensive than concierge. And you combine those two, you save a whole lot of money. But um, the Obamacare, for example, if I were to purchase that, be over well over a thousand dollars a month, you know, plus the five grand deductible and all. How do you convince uh, people of this when they say, "Oh, yeah, but with the government, um, it can be free"? Well, I mean that that is uh, on the Republican Party, the conservative um, side, and they need to be able to tell a better story about health care because I, I will tell you, they have very good ideas. Um, it's, it's just not as simply told as government run, um, you know, socialized Medicare for all, whatever tagline you want to give it. Um, you know, unfortunately the Democrats always have an easier story to tell and a better, uh, you know, a better way to tell it. Republicans can talk about free market health care and the options. I mean, you just laid out what direct primary care, um, health care is, um, I have direct primary care health care, too. I have a direct I, I have a primary health care doctor that I, I pay. It's like a gym fee. You're right. It's, it's yeah. not concierge because it's very affordable to yeah. um, everybody. Concierge used to just be for wealthy people who didn't want to wait for a doctor's appointment. Now this is this is concierge care in a gym like membership. 
Um, and I did it um, uh, because I, I knew about it from our research um, at Job Creators Network on, on healthcare policy. But I moved to it because I got stuck in an insurance-based system that wasn't allowing me that was basically rationing my care. Um, and for people who don't, who don't believe in rationing and don't believe it happens, let me tell you what rationing looks like. Delay. That is what rationing looks like, is delayed care. And because I was being told you're going to have delayed care, um, and I was concerned about my own personal health care because I have a very strong history of breast cancer in my family, I wanted additional testing. When you have three generations ahead of you who carried, who, who had breast cancer and two of them passed away and you're saying, hey, I've got a good reason. Insurance should pay for this. And I even said, I'll pay the doctor. You know what the doctor's response to me was? He said, I don't think insurance will cover it. And I looked at him and I said, well, I'm fortunate enough that I will pay for it out of my pocket. I oh. just need you to order the test. And you know, when I got the test, when they were going to do the test six months after that conversation and I said forget the yeah it's horrible it is but I knew but I was more educated on direct primary care because of my work and so I I went and found a direct primary care provider who ordered the test immediately and I was able to take steps in my own personal health care and be in control of that and take the necessary steps to make sure that I uh, did not get cancer um, and do whatever I can to prevent getting cancer in the future. And that is because that system, sa- I believe that system saved my life. People also hear President Biden comes out and says, we were capping insulin at $35. So they vote for that guy. What would be the real solution to this as opposed to um, whack-a-mole, picking this prescription, picking that prescription, and applying taxpayer dollars and regulations to keeping that one affordable, whereas they have to make that up somewhere else by charging somebody else more money. What's the solution to that? It is about these middlemen. It is about these PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers that drive up the cost of medicines. And it's a consolidated market that doesn't have any uh, competition with it. These pharmacy benefit managers control 80% of our prescription drug market. There's a lack of competition, which means these giants they enjoy considerable leverage to raise the cost of medicine to patients. Okay, these are middlemen. These aren't even the drug makers. And they also take the rebates that are sent down the chain from the manufacturers, and they don't pass those rebates on to patients. And wow. it's no small amount. Annually, it's about $250 million in rebates that patients don't see the savings in. And we're starting to see online um, opportunities, online options like Mark Cuban um, started an online option where he's going around these PBMs and selling direct to consumer, and you're seeing as much as 30%, 40% in savings on some drugs. Um, but there are limitations in what they can do there. Congress has to step in and break up these PBMs and allow more competition. So is there a bill to do that? And, and what would it look like, and how would that affect us? Well, it's a strong lobby. Obviously, they have a lot of money. Um, and they have a lot, a, a ton of money there, and yeah. it's going to take a lot of bravery from our folks in Congress um, to do that. And it's also going to take the American people getting educated on where the drivers of healthcare are, and taking, um, uh, getting better educated on the options that are out there, and demanding those options. And if people start to move towards 
um, less government options like primary care health care providers, direct primary care health providers, and away from these insurance-run systems, um, then we can start to build our numbers on that side of the house, if you will, is the best, better way to put it. If you get enough people into that pool instead of into the government pool, then we can start to move the needle in Washington. Remember, um, you either have money or you have you, you bring votes. Yeah. Um, and so most middle class people are never going to bring enough money to influence the folks in Washington. But we can bring votes by getting better educated and taking control of our own health care. These middlemen, the PBMs that you write about, and um, my listeners uh, should be somewhat familiar with that because we've talked about it a few times. Um, Would legislation then require them to pass on those discounts to the customers? That is one option to do that. They can also um, allow more competition within the uh, pharmacy benefit managers. There are smaller PBMs out there. There just isn't a a level playing field for the little guys to actually compete with the big guys. And, of course, we see this in a lot of places, right? Um, It's happening there, too. Unfortunately, the government has such a heavy hand in our healthcare system that the government is able to pick winners and losers. Um, And like I said, in in government with politicians, you either have money or you have votes. Um, And that's how you influence decisions. uh, Elaine, also, didn't one of the big pharmacy companies – also start their own PBM of sorts? Yeah, there's been a massive consolidation vertically um, from the insurance level to the to the PBMs. Um, there's just been a massive consolidation. And then you've got um, big hospital systems that are buying up, um, uh, uh, absorbing uh, private physicians. Um, so you've got more than half of our physicians out there that are actually hospital employed now versus um, being independent business people, which is what they always were. They were independent business people. Now they have an obligation to their employers to do the least expensive things, um, not because they don't care about their patients, but because they, they do have an allegiance to their employer. We all do. We get a paycheck, right? Sure. Um, and so those are the things that are happening beneath the level of the American people and understanding how the system works, getting our politicians, our conservatives in Washington to be able to tell a better story because they really do have good ideas for reform. They stem a lot from the, from the plans that, that job creators network foundation put together. There's a, we have a website called healthcareforyou.com and it has a policy framework for healthcare um, that we worked with um, uh, physicians for reform, which is a uh, physician organization Dr. Tom Price, former HHS secretary, it's been endorsed by Newt Gingrich, and it's a policy framework that um, allows free market health care to flourish and um, and will help people afford insurance. It creates price transparency and competition and choice, which is what helps bring uh, costs down. Unfortunately, uh, I quote a, a liberal friend of mine that used to work at this radio station saying, no, we don't want to have to uh, to manage our health care. We don't want to know anything about it. We just want to, uh, you know, pay our premiums and have it taken care of and not think about it. And I'm afraid that there are likely millions and millions of Americans who look at it that way saying, oh, I'll just vote for this guy or this woman because uh, they're going to do it for me and I don't want to have to think about it. Unfortunately, if uh, it's going to be affordable, I think we have to think about it. What's the website again? Um, it's healthcareforyou.com. 
Elaine Parker, President, Job Creators Network Foundation. Thank you very much. Really enjoy talking with you every single time. Thank you. Thank you.